soulmates, plenty to discuss on this first day of Black History Month. We're excited about it. Welcome to Fox Soul's Black Report. I'm Courtney Hicks. And I'm Nicordelide Corte. Happy Black History Month, folks. We are honored to stand behind this desk each day mm. to take you on a journey across Black America and the stories impacting our people. And now more than ever, we are dedicated to bring you our news, our views, and our voice. So topping uh, the news today, a mystery right here in the Motor City as three men known in Detroit as musicians have been missing for weeks. Armani Kelly, Dante Wicker, and Montoya Givens seen here were supposed to perform at a lounge on Detroit's east side back on January 21st. That event was canceled and since then their phones have gone dead. That was late uh, on the 21st or early on the 22nd and no one has heard from them able to pull phone data and see that there's no activity on any of their phones. They're not hitting any towers. They're not communicating. Um, that's also very concerning. It is. Kelly's mom found his car in a nearby uh, city two days later. She says she knows in her gut her son is dead, but she wants closure. Detroit police are still investigating, and we will continue to follow this story and bring you any updates that come into our newsroom. Meanwhile, the Memphis Police Department has fired yet another officer related to the death of Tyree Nichols, bringing the count of terminated officers to seven. The Memphis Police Department has not released the officer's name, nor would they specify the role this person played in the incident. Yesterday, a sixth officer, Preston Hemphill, was suspended, but has, as of now, not been charged with a crime. Five other officers have been fired and are facing multiple charges, including second-degree murder for Tyree Nichols' death. And staying with this story for a moment, Tyrese Nichols was laid to rest this morning in Memphis three weeks after the 29-year-old died in a police beating after traffic stop. Vice President Kamala Harris was in attendance along with the Reverend Al Sharpton, who gave the eulogy. Sharpton joined the family demanding nationwide police reform in a speech at the historic Mason Temple where Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. delivered his final speech the night before he was assassinated. The family of George Floyd was also in attendance. And speaking of reform, the Tyree Nichols video is renewing calls for Congress to pass a police reform law. However, it will not come easy. Fox's Madeline Riviera explains why. Tyree Nichols' brutal beating prompting familiar calls from Memphis to Congress. And Lord, comfort the loved ones of Tyree Nichols. The Congressional Black Caucus is requesting a meeting with President Biden to push for negotiations on federal police reform. But Congress has been here before. In 2021, the House passed the George Floyd Justice in Policing Act. The bill stalled in the Senate after bipartisan negotiations, led in part by Republican Senator Tim Scott and Democratic Senator Cory Booker, fell apart. I think he and Senator Scott should sit down again quickly uh, to see if we can revive that effort. On the other hand, Congress Jim Jordan believes no federal law would have made a difference in Nichols' death, preferring for any change to be done at a state or local level instead. What strikes me is just a lack of respect for human life. Um, so I don't know that any law, any training, any reform is going to change. And there are concerns that conversations around policing could hinder recruitment efforts at a time when police departments nationwide are struggling with shortages. Why would you want to become a law enforcement officer when you don't have the protection and the support of the people and the prosecutor?
President Biden to discuss police reform tomorrow, and the Nichols family will visit the White House next Tuesday for the President's State of the Union as guest of the Congressional Black Caucus. Courtney, we mm. have been tracking this story very closely, uh, very familiar with uh, the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act, which passed through Congress twice. This mm -hmm. was the last Congress, um, but it failed uh, to get a vote in the U.S. Senate. Um, uh, I am uh, hopeful uh, that the calls for reform that are being renewed go somewhere, but it's kind of hard to see that this current House of Representatives uh, is going to get behind getting uh, a meaningful bill out of the mm -hmm. House to the Senate for mm -hmm. passage. Uh, you know, it, 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 this is um, really a sign of the times. Mm -hmm. You know, how many cases you know, have we covered of police misconduct, police violence, uh, and, you know, Congress, you know, uh, simply does not act. And this is also not just about training. Uh, this is not about, you know, police recruitment and retention. Um, you know, this is about restoring confidence restoring trust uh, in the public with the police. And right now, black folks across the country don't feel like they can trust the police. Yeah, I feel like, you know, this, this, the, the politics, the, it's all falling on, on dead ears and, and there continues uh, for nothing to be done. And, and that's, you know, really, you know, pointing the finger on both sides of the aisle, uh, in, in my opinion. And yet, uh, cases like uh, Tyree uh, Nichols and, and similar to continue to happen. And now with this case in particular, in my opinion, the conversation has been broadened because this was not necessarily a race thing. This is a, a blue thing. And, and there's lots of talk now about uh, the culture and, and having to address that. So whether it's federal, state, local level, I think all levels, but there also needs to be some talk around uh, the way uh, policing, police have been policing and how we cannot continue to, um, you know, have cases like this that continue to dominate uh, our headlines and, and break our hearts, really. Yeah, it's also going to be interesting to see whether or not this expands beyond police, because we know that certainly in the Tyree Nichols case uh, that there were EMTs mm -hmm. uh, that were involved here mm -hmm. um, and other personnel, other emergency response personnel. And so um, we'll see where this goes. But uh, uh, we've got to do something because the status quo is just not working for our communities. Let's go to Missouri now where Congresswoman Cori Bush is demanding the state put a pause on the execution of a man. Now, back in 2008, Leonard Raheem Taylor was convicted in a quadruple murder, but he has always maintained his innocence. Back on January 29th, Bush tweeted, quote, despite significant evidence of his innocence, Raheem Taylor is scheduled to be executed by the state of Missouri. This would be a grave injustice Justice. Raheem's execution must be halted and the death penalty must be abolished. That's the end of that quote. Now, uh, 58 years old, Taylor is scheduled to die by lethal injection on February 7th. It's now up to a judge to decide whether a former Minneapolis police officer charged in the death of George Floyd will go to prison. Tao Thao held back bystanders while, the colleague, while his colleagues restrained a dying Floyd in 2020. He opted for a trial without a jury or witnesses on charges of aiding and abetting murder and manslaughter. Closing arguments were made in writing and submitted yesterday. The judge has 90 days to rule. Thou and three other officers have already been sentenced on federal charges of violating George Floyd's civil rights. And to Georgia now with another story that just makes you shake your head. A teen is facing charges after an altercation with a teacher ends in a trip to the hospital. And now an investigation is underway. Take a look.
Oh my God. Put, put your hands on me. Yeah, I swear to God, if you don't get your hands on me. Goodness, according to reports, the confrontation happened between a ninth grader and her teacher that you saw there inside a classroom at Heritage High School. That's in Rockdale County, right outside of Atlanta. Now, the student was taken to the juvenile detention center in that area following the incident and is now facing charges. The teacher, as you saw there, suffered a broken leg and is now recovering from her injuries. All right, soulmates in Illinois, one thief is crazy about chicken. Police say 66-year-old Vera Liddell stole 11,000 cases of chicken wings that along with $1.5 million in taxpayer funds. Liddell allegedly ordered the wings and then billed the Harvey School District in Illinois for $1.5 million. Did we say it was $1.5 million? Because it was $1.5 million. Mm -hmm. District officials conducted an audit and found that food services exceeded its budget by more than $300,000 halfway through the year. Please tell me that she was maybe being like a, a Robin Hood. You know, stealing the from Robin the rich, Hood of chicken, giving to the poor. I don't know. Maybe uh, does she have? Does she have? Does she feed the homeless? Does she? Was she? You know, does she have a side business there was to where none she's of that feeding in the those story. in need? There was none Please of that in the story. Me. Please tell me. I can't tell you that wasn't the story. One point five million dollars worth of chicken wings. That's a lot of chicken wings. It is Black History Month. We do not <laughs> need <laughs> foolishness. <laughs> But that's, I mean, she's, she, that's, she's going to go down for that. That is unbelievable. Harvey sits right outside of, 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 uh, of Chicago, you know, great, great city, um, mostly black, I, you know, and I, wow. Wow. All right. Coming up, a new study is unveiling some shocking details about the IRS when it comes to black taxpayers. That's right. Plus one black owned restaurant is bringing Paris to the city of Detroit. Don't you go anywhere. You're watching Fox Soul's Black Report. Research shows that the IRS uses its auditing power more on black taxpayers than anyone else. You don't say. Now, according to Stanford University researchers, black taxpayers receive IRS audit notices at least 2.9 times. It's almost three times and perhaps as much as almost five times more than non-black taxpayers. Researchers say the disparity is unlikely to be intentional on the part of the IRS staff, but rather driven by a set of secret internal IRS algorithm. Algorithms, researchers say the private nature of tax returns and the confidentiality of the IRS's approach to audit decisions made it difficult to study. Now, that changed when on his first day in office, President Biden signed racial justice executive orders uh, re uh, requiring all federal agencies to assess how their programs impact racial and ethnic equality. 
According to the state attorney general's office, a Massachusetts auto dealership has agreed to pay $350,000 to resolve allegations that it charged black and Hispanic customers more than white customers for certain add-on products such as paint protection and remote starters. Hometown Auto, Framingham Incorporated, which operates dealerships in Wellesley and Danvers, will be required to provide staff training on implicit bias and obligated not to discriminate when pricing products. The attorney general alleged that Hometown's conduct violated the state's Consumer Protection Act, which prohibits unfair or deceptive acts and practices in trade or commerce. Hometown Auto said in a statement that it has consistently denied unfair pricing allegations aimed at black and Latino customers. All right, listen up stylists, as a study finds that black and Hispanic women who work as hairdressers are exposed to an array of chemicals, including many that have not been previously identified. Researchers found that compared with women of color in office jobs, hairstylists had higher levels of various chemicals in their urine. Those substances included ingredients known to be in salon products. Experts say the findings underscore a need to better understand the chemical exposures inherent to salon work and what the health effects could be. The study also found there are roughly 700,000 hairdressers in the U.S. More than 90% are women and almost one third are black women or Hispanic women. A new medical study is showing that brain changes in obese people mirror some of those with Alzheimer's. Scientists at McGill University in Montreal analyzed brain scans of more than 1,300 people in the first research to directly compare the patterns of brain shrinkage in obese people and in Alzheimer's patients. The McGill researchers suspect that obese people and possibly those who are overweight with a BMI of 25 to 25.9 might be able to slow cognitive decline if they can get closer to a healthy weight. Researchers say other conditions that are bad for the brain and connected to obesity include high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and type 2 diabetes. Courtney, you know that uh, I've shared with you that in my own family history uh, includes a number of cardiovascular-related mm -hmm. uh, diseases on both sides of the family. and so. That's part of the reason why I try to get into the gym as often as I can. Mm -hmm. Part of the reason why I'm on this whole 30 and <laughs> and and really pondering whether or not How's I want to be. How's that working for you? Hold up, <laughs> slow up. <laughs> we still got 17 more days, I right? I I saw you with some contraband the other day down the hall. I didn't have no contraband <laughs> down the hall. Don't y'all believe this stuff? Please. But but uh, I, I just wanted to say that that. Uh, I think there's a lot of people that are becoming uh, more conscious of mm -hmm. what they're eating and what their health and wellness regimen yeah. is because we want to live long too. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I think research like this uh, helps us to better understand the connection between uh, some of the cardiovascular related diseases yeah. and Alzheimer's, which you know is a terrible disease. Yeah, and I find this study to be very interesting, and I'm I'm, I'm interested to see how it's going to intersect. You know, uh, the obesity, maybe medications. 
course and and Alzheimer's medications as, as they they both are continuing to you know be in research and you're always hearing about something new coming out addressing both those issues and so now that there's this intersection it'll be interesting to see what might come of it as far as uh, new uh, ways of, of maintaining uh, both uh, I just think uh, again as you were speaking to your overall health um, it's just something that you just have to stay on top of and very conscious and, and aware of and and just know you know what your body is saying to you when it's saying to you when it's time to get things checked out and sometimes you know knowing that even though you might be classified as obese according to that yeah. BMI mm. number, you know, what is what you, is comfortable for your body? Because right. I, I think things vary culturally yeah. and, and ethnically speaking. And uh, according to the BMI, I am a, I'm a problem. Well, I'm big bone. Yeah, so. And I'm and, and proud of it. That's how we'll process that. That's right. Yeah, let's, let's uh, definitely do our best to stay healthy in this new year. Come get a taste of Paris. Can you believe that? That's the motto of one black-owned restaurant right here in Detroit. Fox Soul's uh, Black Report headquarters or the owner is cooking up culinary excellence and Fox 2's Josh Landon has the tasty story. We're light as a feather still on the board. La Crepe is located at 317 South Washington Avenue in downtown Royal Oak. A crepe is a thin pancake and here you get to choose from several protein options, including chicken, steak, shrimp, and bacon. You can also go vegan, vegetarian, and gluten-free. What about dessert? Well, I'm a dessert first type of guy. My favorite dessert is a Bananas Foster. So what we have is a take on a Bananas Foster, which is called Bananas XIT. We take those caramelized bananas, we got toasted coconut, caramel sauce, whipped cream, and powdered sugar. It's like that. Their motto is, come get a taste of Paris. You don't have to pack a bag. You don't have to go through customs. Just come <laughs> see us. Get that great food I hope that you enjoy, and you tell all your friends and family. As you are about to see, the spicy chicken truffle prepared with pan-seared chicken, Swiss cheese, spinach, and truffle zip sauce nearly mm. stopped me in my tracks. I've been to Paris. All right. And your food? is a hundred times better. See, from your lips to God's ears. I've eaten in Paris. And the food did not have this cake, my brother. There it is. There it is. There it is. A little bit of a surprise once I walked into the kitchen. You doing it. I'm cooking? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you okay. better do the show. Okay. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Let me finish this first. Mm -hmm. All right. How do you finish? I've been instructed to cook. <laughs> yeah, everyone loves doing the show. All right. Give me a hand with my dad. He's putting me to work. <laughs> okay. Give me a minute. Let me finish this up. You gotta earn your meal, man. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> With me taking a shot and making a crepe, the approach is light as a feather, stiff as a board, and paint in a circle. Yeah, it didn't go so well. Not everybody's an abstract art. I mean, you got your niche, <laughs> and that's cool. There it is. There it is. <laughs> yeah, brother, you just got me closed down if I sell. <laughs> I just got 
Chanel. Oh, Josh. That All right. didn't look too good. <laughs> Josh. <laughs> that didn't look too good. Well, I mean, maybe Josh will host us for like a crate making party. No, he better not. He's got to learn how to make one first. It was a great story, though. And it, it was looked cute. delicious. Yes, here in greater Detroit. Yes. Right? Metro Detroit. Metro Detroit. Roanoke sits right outside of, of Detroit. Matter of fact, that's where you reside. See, see, now where you, the money reside, where the money reside. You're going to have folks rolling up on me in Royal Oak. Well. All right. That's fine. I got your number, Courtney Hicks. <sighs> uh, it was a great story. It was. It really, really was. Yeah. Good story. Yeah. Well, up next, the many acts being done by schools across the country mm. in honor of black History Month. That's yeah. black, all caps. That's right. Plus, your international headlines when we return. You're watching Fox Soul's Black Report. Where the money resides. What report? Resides. Black Report. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, Soulmates, on this first day of Black History Month. Just in case you're uh, just joining us, let's get back into the top stories for the day. As three men known in the city as musicians have been missing for weeks, Armani Kelly, Dante Wicker, and Montoya Givens were supposed to perform at a lounge on Detroit's east side. This was back on January 21st. The event was canceled, and then their phones just went dead, like late on the 21st or early on the 22nd. No one has heard from them since. Detroit police are still investigating investigating and we'll definitely continue to follow this story as we get uh, updates moving on here. Meanwhile, the Memphis Police Department has fired yet another officer related to the death of Tyree Nichols, bringing the count of terminated officers now to seven. The Memphis Police Department has not released the officer's name, nor would they specify the role this particular officer played in the incident. Yesterday, a sixth officer, Preston Hempel, uh, was suspended as uh, as of now has not been charged with a crime. And to Missouri now, where Congresswoman Cori Bush is demanding that the state put a pause on the execution of Leonard Raheem Taylor. Back in 2008, he was convicted in Missouri of a quadruple murder, but he has always maintained his innocence. Uh, Representative Bush tweeted this week that despite significant evidence of his innocence, the 58-year-old is scheduled to be executed by lethal injection on February 7th. And new research shows that the IRS uses its auditing power more on black taxpayers than anyone else. That's according to Stanford University researchers. Uh, the, they say black taxpayers receive IRS audit notices at least 2.9 times and perhaps as much as 4.7 times more often than non-black taxpayers. Researchers also say the disparity is unlikely to be intentional on the part of the IRS staff, but rather driven, driven by a set of internal IRS algorithms that are completely secret. The quarter lie over to you. Thank you, Courtney. Now off to Haiti, where the Justice Department charged four men for the assassination of the slain Haitian president. Uh, Christian Sanon was charged with smuggling ballistic vests for his private military. James Solange's 
Joseph Vincent and German Alejandro Riviera Garcia were charged with conspiring to commit murder and kidnapping outside the United States. The men planned uh, the regime change in Haiti and acquired weapons and equipment. Solange's Vincent and Riviera participated in the assassination plan and the slain president was killed the very next day. Solange's Vincent and Riviera face life in prison while Sanan faces 20 years. The four men will appear in court on Wednesday in Miami. Three other men are in custody on related charges. And the U.S. Uh, migration program announced it's putting pressure on Haitians here in the U.S. who are expected to help family and friends escape Haiti's escalating violence. Many Haitians in the U.S. already struggling financially are being sought after by family members and acquaintances, but finding willing sponsorship is difficult due to the rising cost of living and soaring rents here in the U.S. President Biden opened a new legal pathway for migrants from four countries, including Haiti, who have U.S. sponsors. However, the program is also attached to bad policies and being used to deter people from seeking asylum at the U.S.-Mexico border. Around 22 million people across Ethiopia, Kenya and Somalia face hunger as the worst drought in 40 years grips the Horn of Africa. The U.N. reports that 12 million in Ethiopia, nearly 6 million in Somalia, and over 4 million in Kenya are acutely food insecure. Climate change, conflict in Ukraine, and a locust invasion have made conditions dire. Aid groups warn the situation will worsen, with famine expected in southern Somalia between April and June. Two million children need treatment for malnutrition, and almost three million have stopped going to school. Only 55.5% of the UN's $5.9 billion request to tackle the crisis has been funded. And, you know, Courtney, this is, uh, you know, an example of climate change. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't just affect us here in the United States, it obviously affects uh, folks around the world. And so while folks in my old stomping ground in California have been receiving a lot of rain uh, and a lot of precipitation, mm -hmm. uh, it's been quite the opposite uh, in places like Kenya and Somalia uh, and so and, and Ethiopia. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, this is sort of, you know, the world as we know it today. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think a lot of folks are just having to adjust and respond to this. Yeah, I've always thought of it maybe as, you know, some of these weather events as unexplained phenomena until, you know, there were studies and research that saying, no, as humans, we are affecting uh, the climate and, and we have a little uh, blaming of ourselves uh, to do with these very drastic uh, weather events. And, and I just find it so ironic how one part of the world uh, needs water. Uh, the other part of the world needs to, to, to dry up a bit. I know here in the U.S., a, a lot of uh, the flooding has been, you know, just horrendous. There's times here uh, in the U.S. when, you know, you've got wildfires that need rain and, and yet people on the other side of the country are being rained out. So it's, it, it, in, in that sense, it, it remains a mystery. But as far as what we can do as a human race to better take care of and look after uh, Mother Earth, we really need to uh, tap into now more so 
real than ever because these events are becoming more and more frequent and more and more mm -hmm. catastrophic. I think you're right, and it's just another reminder that we are more interconnected mm -hmm. than we've ever been. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the locusts that they're experiencing in that part of Africa um, and some of the other conditions, we're not immune to that. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't take much for a heat wave, you know, or uh, a, a weather event to make its way to our shores as well. And so we're interconnected, and I think humanitarian work is going to become all the more important um, as we figure out how to adjust to this change in climate. That's right. All right. Black History Month is here, whether some folks want to receive that or not. And in celebration of Black History Month, Yahoo is reimagining its logo. The tech giant has commissioned Aaliyah Holmes, an award-winning American and Canadian illustrator, along with artist Trap Bob for the task. Trap Bob, a Washington-based artist, stated, uh, we make Black History all year, but Black History Month is a time of celebration and reminder to us all of the work, the extensive work and accomplishments of the Black community. The Washington, D.C.-based artist uh, went on to say that. Now, the logo will be featured all month long, of course, and I'm looking forward to catching it. Nick Cordell, I haven't seen it just yet, besides right here on the TV screen there. You and me both. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, in the world of college football, the College Football Hall of Fame has teamed up with Chick-fil-A, Kia, and Coca-Cola to recognize African-American heroes and trailblazers of the game during Black History Month. Beginning February 2nd, the museum will have digital exhibits with artifacts of African-American players, coaches, teams, and institutions who have contributed to college football, making it what it is today. Coca-Cola will also be awarding the first 250 college students with free access to the Hall of Fame throughout February. A college ID is required, soulmates. Mm -hmm. The exhibit will be on display until February 27th. And keeping uh, black history news going, a California school district had deci has decided to fly the Black Lives Matter flag to kick off Black History Month. The district posted on its official Twitter account, quote, in honor of Black History Month, San Diego Unified students from across the district will raise the Black Lives Matter flag to signify our shared commitment to creating a just, equitable, and empathetic world. The district is known for supporting Black Lives Matter, LGBTQ pride, and transgender movements. What a bold in, in this climate, <laughs> what a bold move, uh, in my opinion, an appropriate move and a, and, a, and a move that is welcomed, I'm sure, by many. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and yay to the San Diego Unified School District, you know, for uh, leading uh, with this. There are a number of school districts across uh, the state of California that are uh, beginning to do this if they haven't already been doing it, mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, I think there are there are a lot of folks uh, from traditionally marginalized communities, historically marginalized communities, um, that you know believe this was the right thing to do years ago, right? Mm -hmm. And so you know we're seeing folks sort of catch up to where public sentiment is. You know, there's never been more public support when you look at polls and things. Mm -hmm. You know, for LGBTQ rights, for women's rights, you know, for uh, racial justice. Uh, uh, even though we see so many examples in the news of forces out there that are pushing back against these things, and so it's good to see that the San Diego Unified School District is taking uh, a, a step forward. And I might remind you that San Diego, um, it's a big military mm -hmm. town, right? Mm -hmm. There's a huge naval base there. Um, you know, there are a lot of 
military families there. Very diverse uh, community. You know, it has historically been sort of it leans more Republican in mm -hmm. California, and mm -hmm. so um, I think it's, it's it makes a very bold statement at a time where we see uh, similar places uh, across the country that are doing quite the opposite. And then for them to specifically use the black flag, uh, the matters, Black Lives Matters flag specifically, um, I think that also uh, speaks to you know how they want to keep that message uh, clean and clear uh, as to what is being recognized. So I also think that's a, that's a good point uh, to make as well. And then uh, San Diego has great weather, from what I gather. It's Some of the best weather in the country. It sure does. It sure great be great list. beaches. Yeah, man. Road trip. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> While we're at it, we may want to stop by Bethune-Cookman, where Bethune-Cookman Athletic Director Reggie Theus has broken his silence on the controversy around Ed Reed's contract negotiations falling through. In an interview which, with HBCU Game Day, Theus said he advocated for Reed to be the head coach. However, Theus voiced his concerns over Reed's viral video that slammed the school, saying he was shocked at the behavior, but said Reed was aware of the challenges at the HBCU, including there not being enough lockers for players. Theus went on to say that Reed let them down because he showed Reed everything good and bad with the program. So it was there was no need for him to act shocked. Uh, that's what he said. Yeah, I was a little shocked to know that Reggie Theus was the uh, athletic director. I loved watching him play on the court and did a little acting as well. Very I interesting. I know. Where he been? All right, uh, staying with uh, collegiate news here. The College Board revised its official curriculum for the advanced placement course in African American studies after facing criticism from Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and conservatives. The uh, changes remove Black Lives Matter, queer experience, and black feminism, but in include black conservatism. The College Board says the changes were for educational reasons and not political pressure. Topics such as slavery and civil rights remain largely unchanged, but contemporary topics are downgraded and offered only as options for research projects. The revised curriculum can be adjusted by local states and districts. A recent move by the board members at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill has many faculty members shocked. The board unanimously passed a resolution to accelerate the creation of a school of civic life and leadership. The initiatives are expected to be initiated and led by academics. The resolution requested that the administration work to develop a school with a dedicated faculty team that would promote public discourse. However, many conservatives say this is a way to create a safe space for right-leaning thinkers on a campus full of leftists. Courtney, we can't act like these two stories uh, are not related mm. because they are. Uh, what and I say think, ye? And I think the, I think the folks, <laughs> right, she, this she knows story. this gets me going. This is your thing. This gets me going, this gets me going. As, you know, just as, as an educator, uh, you know, I'm, I continue to be really uh, dismayed about what's happening in Florida, not surprised, mm -hmm. surprised the least bit, but dismayed. Uh, and I think they're really showing their hand. The fact mm. that, you know, they eliminated uh, black feminism, black queer theory mm. uh, from the curriculum in the AP African-American studies class, but they replaced it with bl black conservatism, right? 
Why can't we have all of the above? One of the things that we talk about on this show time and time and time Shall again we say it together? is that black, black people, people are, are not a monolith. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and, and, the, and the more that folks out there, you know, try to pick and choose, you know, different aspects of what it means to be black, what it means to be black. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, I think everybody loses sure. uh, when, when that happens. And so um, this is a, an important fight. This is a good fight that's happening in Florida because what's happening in Florida is happening in this country and it's happening around the world. It's, it's a good fight, good trouble. Uh, and uh, my hope is that that fight continues until, you know, there is complete and, and equal representation. Uh, we were just talking about this yesterday and, you know, why such a debate again when it comes to our history and, and it not being seen and deemed and valued as American history. Why, why come, you know, I couldn't maybe have a, an elective, elective choice of, of maybe a James Baldwin uh, uh, class, maybe over a Shakespeare, because Shakespeare was uh, 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 required in, in my high school AP studies. So, you know, and not having that the variety and kind of looking back on that, I, you know, it, it, it makes you shake your head about what wasn't available at that time. I was just going with what, you know, I knew I had to take to come up out of high school and the requirements. But looking back on that, there should have been more of a variety for me to choose from from my particular culture. And so I hope the fight continues. Yeah. The good fight continues. I hope so too. And you just reminded me of something, you know, in high school, I took AP US history. Mm -hmm. uh, with one of the only black teachers mm -hmm. I ever had, K through 12. Mm -hmm. It was my sophomore year in high school. Mm -hmm. I took AP US history, and I, I'm, you know, as I, as I'm reading more and more and more about the what's in this curriculum and what's not in this curriculum, and and steeped in what this fight is all about, I think about what difference it would have made for me in to high school that, having choices. an AP African American history mm -hmm. class sure. um, uh, offered. And so this is good trouble, yeah. as you said, Absolutely. and we're going to keep our eye on it. Absolutely. Still ahead. Nelson Mandela's granddaughter is setting the record straight when it comes to Harry and Meghan. Mm, we'll explain. Plus, a pricey purchase. Find out how much LeBron James's jersey went for at a recent auction. You're watching Fox Soul's Black Report. All right, soulmates. Nelson Mandela's granddaughter, Indalika Mandela, defends Prince Harry and Meghan Merkel from false reports of profiting off of her grandfather's name in The Independent. Mm -hmm. She criticizes the media for misquoting and weaponizing her words and instead praises their commitment to defending marginalized groups. She says she admires the couple for their commitment to helping vulnerable people vulnerable people, uh, women and people of color. The Archie Well Foundation, co-founded by Harry and Meghan, focuses on improving the world, restoring trust uh, in information and uplifting communities. And LeBron James's Miami Heat jersey from his NBA Finals game, seven wins, sold for $3.7 million at Sotheby's auction. The 38-year-old's rare sports memorabilia became the third highest selling game worn jersey ever and the most expensive jersey he's auctioned. James scored 37 points and 12 rebounds in the 103-100 overtime win against the San Antonio Spurs. The icon, the basketball Basketball icons memorabilia has been highly sought after with uh, his uh, signed rookie card selling for 5.2 million dollars just last year. 
LeBron James just keeps on winning. Yeah, he does. Well, not right now. <laughs> the Lakers are having some issues. and, and With was, the exception uh, of that. Yeah, but it's, a, it's a tough year right now. And people are like, ah, what you got? I think he'll stick it out. Yeah. And, and, you know, hopefully they'll be able to turn that thing around. I know some of the goal for him was to, you know, wait around and see if him and, and the uh, oldest son, Bronny, can run up and down the court together. I don't know if he can hang in there. I think he'd be like in his late, late 30s, early 40s, maybe so. He's been this super, super, super man on yeah. the court uh, thus far. So, but, um, yeah, as far as, you know, Let's what he means to the culture yeah. and, 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 and the NBA and just uh, sports in general, obviously um, through those um, numbers there, you can see that folks really, really, value yeah, I mean, him and his property. The, the jersey. I mean, I think that the, the, while he may not be winning on the court. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Lakers, you can do it. <laughs> well, you know, uh, right now, you know, he is he is winning in so many other ways off the court. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, the value of this jersey is an example mm -hmm. uh, of just the value that people see mm -hmm. in LeBron James. Mm -hmm. uh, he has been incredibly, incredibly yeah. philanthropic, um, not just in California, but in Ohio and really everywhere he's been. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, I I am a part of a lot of people that I think are just rooting for LeBron James and on and off the court. Let's not fail to mention the billionaire status. Yeah. Like when you look back at the stats and from whence he came, him and the family. Yeah. Amazing journey. And amazing journey. And, and billionaire status with integrity That's intact. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, with a commitment to community and the culture. Uh, and the culture and yeah. a willingness to call things out. We love uh, it. Uh, when uh, he sees something that is unjust. Mm -hmm. um, uh, we, LeBron James is not afraid to get into some good trouble. That's it. Uh, but uh, speaking of uh, not not afraid to go somewhere, mm -hmm. uh, hopefully y'all ain't afraid to go to the theater because uh, <laughs> AMC Theaters is honoring Black History Month with a $5 movie what? ticket deal through February 28th. That means all 28 days, y'all. <laughs> You can go to AMC. Over 200 locations will offer reduced price tickets to films by black actors and creators, including The Woman King, Devotion, Till, and Black Panther Wakanda Forever. A new movie will be featured at participating locations each week throughout the promotion. The initiative originates from AMC's Council on the African American Experience, an internal group dedicated to promoting diversity and inclusivity. Elizabeth Frank, AMC's chief content officer, says the program aligns with the theater chain's commitment to showcasing diverse talent on the screen. All right, let's talk about Riri. As all attention, all of the attention has been on the billionaires, is that a word? For months ahead of the 2023 Super Bowl halftime show, and Apple Music offers fans an exclusive look into her journey with Road to Halftime. Now, the service features curated beats and uh, is now available and in the special Jay-Z calls Rihanna a generational talent. Rihanna will also sit down with Apple Music for a press conference that happens on February 9th. The Super Bowl 57 game will be held on February 12th at uh, State Farm Stadium. That's in Glendale, Arizona. The Eagles are going to take on the 49ers. It's going to be good. I got the Eagles and Jalen hurting them, even though I'm loving all the color and the QB position with Mahomes and Jalen, but I'm going to go with the Eagles. They've just been playing fabulous, and I think, but so have uh, the Chiefs, but I think the Eagles have been playing just a little bit better than the Chiefs, Chiefs and the Chiefs are a little hurt. 
So there's my prediction. Well, I'm rooting for. It should be a good competitive game, though. It should be, uh, but surprise, surprise, I'm going to be rooting for the 49ers. Um, California's my home state. Mm -hmm. And so I root for California teams, the 49ers. I root for the Golden State Warriors, for the LA Lakers. We have a lot of really great teams and great talent in the Golden State. Mm -hmm. And so uh, uh, I don't know if you want to put forward a friendly wager. Um, no. <laughs> I just want a good competitive okay. game. Because I believe in play, my team. Some of the playoff games were really, um, they were like blowouts and it became a little bit boring. So I'm really looking forward to hopefully a good competitive big game. Yeah. 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 Well, you we'll know. see. We'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. Yep. Yes. Um, well, I'm really excited about this. I don't know about you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We got an announcement for you, soulmates. Will Smith and Martin Lawrence announced that their reunion for a bad boy's fourth film that's coming out uh, on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Or they announced it on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Sony Pictures confirmed that the movie, still untitled, is in early pre-production with directors Adil El Aribi and Bilal Fala returning. Smith and Lawrence played Miami-Dade detectives Mike Lowry, remember him, and Marcus Burnett in 2020's Bad Boys for Life, which earned million worldwide. The fourth film has Lawrence and Smith serving as executive producers. The original Bad Boys earned $141 million worldwide, with the 2003 sequel earning nearly $300 million, and the 2020 installment grossing more than the first two combined. Congratulations to Will Smith and Martin Lawrence, especially Will Smith. Some good news for Will Smith. Mm-hmm. We'll, see how Will that, Smith. we'll see how that works mm-hmm. out. Okay. Billboard announced that actress and writer Quinta Brunson will host the 2023 Women in Music Awards set for March 1st at the uh, YouTube theater that's out in LA. The annual ceremony recognizes top artists and executives for their contributions to the music industry. This year's awards will feature Doichi uh, receiving the Rising Star Award and Lotto receiving the Powerhouse Award. Brunson continues to have a successful run with her TV show Abbott Elementary, winning several awards since its season one debut. That was back in December of 2021. All right, soulmates, we have a big announcement for you. Don't go anywhere. Here it is. If your group texts or anything like mine, they were going off like crazy uh, after midnight. It's because, hey, Beehive, guess what? Beyonce has announced her Renaissance World Tour, starting with North American dates on July 8th in Toronto. That's right, the tour will hit several U.S. cities, including New York City, Los Angeles, Detroit, and New Orleans. The full itinerary, including international dates, is available on Beyonce's website. This will be the singer's first tour since 2018's On the Run 2 tour with her husband, Jay-Z. Now, Renaissance pays homage to the queer roots of house music and was released in July 2022. Beyonce's tour announcement follows her recent controversial concert in Dubai, where she was paid $24 million to perform. Ooh, and if you're from these parts, you can you can double dip. Toronto's only four hours away. From, I keep from telling Detroit, you, ro- road trip. Chicago, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You wanna go on a road trip? To see Beyonce? In Toronto. If we can afford it. I, I think we can make that happen. 
I think we can make that happen. Well, certainly you can, Rich Uncle. Is what we this is what we call him. We call him around these parts. And, and, I, and I say I am nobody's rich uncle. Uh, I'm. I just believe in generosity. Well, folks are very excited. Yes. Very excited that she has finally announced uh, these these tours. Um, you know, the last few tours have been fantastic. We, you know, with the on the run and and the home homecoming. Uh, and and she always just brings it. And and you always wonder, you know, how is she gonna up it? You know, from from one tour to the next. And she manages to to absolutely come through. And if Dubai was Dubai was any kind of preview, then you know she's gonna come with it. So folks are absolutely excited and she just always has this interesting magical way of shutting down the internet right. because as soon as this announcement came out folks especially your beehive <laughs> went bananas my phone was going off i'm just I know it I'm, was. I'm just saying and uh you know i am looking for the venue that's going to be the most intimate mm. right i think that i think none that's, of them that's the beyonce experience it's close to intimate as none possible of them. well coming up musical brilliance is being celebrated in Black Excellence. Your favorite part of the show will introduce you to the black musicians who won this year's Sphinx competition and we'll tell you what that competition is all about. Stay close. All right, Soulmates, the annual Sphinx competition took place in Detroit and two black youth placed first in their divisions. Yep, 17-year-old Celeste Brandon Leonard was awarded first prize in the junior division, while 23-year-old violinist uh, Najoma Shaniri Grievous took home first prize in the senior division. <laughs> Wow, Leonard won $10,000, solo concert engagements, and a radio performance opportunity, and Grievous won uh, $50,000 in a solo concert uh, engagement as well with uh, a major orchestra. Uh, she also received the Audience Choice Prize worth $5,000. Wow, that's a lot of money. You know, the mm. Sphinx competition is a national competition held annually in Detroit, offering young black and Latinx classical string players a chance to compete, perform, and receive mentorship from established professional musicians. We bravo, love to see it. Yay, bravo, Black Excellence bravo, on the first day of Black History Month. I, you know, Even I, though we celebrate Black History every day here. 365. You know, the one regret <laughs> I have, my mother, so I, I wanted to grow up and be this, this famous singer I said daddy I'm gonna graduate from high school and, yeah. and go off to New York he was like yeah New York Michigan State University of New York <laughs> so that didn't happen quite like that but my mother was always good on making sure she you know tapped into the talent so I was trained classically and then I went uh, to uh, the Clark Conservatory Dr. Maddie Moss Clark Clark sisters were my teachers. Dr. Maddie Moss Clark <laughs> but here's the thing my mama said learn piano I was like please and that's my biggest regret that I didn't do because I didn't like theory so when I see these young people play I'm like Dang. All right, speaking it's, of young people. It's never too late. I guess. Star, my brain can't do it now. Star Andrews becomes uh, the first black woman to medal at the U.S. Figure Skating Championships. That's since 1988. That's right. The 21-year-old finished fourth overall after completing the two-day competition. Andrews said, quote, to be the next African-American woman to stand on a podium is amazing. Hmm. It will never be easy. 
It will never be an easy path in skating. There are ups and downs, and you have to make the best of it. This is how you become a great athlete. Hmm. Andrews is, was also selected to represent America in the World Figure Skating Championship in Japan, scheduled for March. She's so gorgeous, too. Back in October, Andrews became the first U.S. black uh, figure skater to win an International Skating Union Grand Prix medal in the uh, series history that dates back to 1995. Congratulations to her so young, poised, and beautiful yeah. in, in, a, in a sport that uh, we still have some, some, some work to do mm -hmm. here when it comes to representation, but we can figure skate too. Yeah, I mean, I'm not the best uh, at figure skating mm -hmm. uh, or skating on ice, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, I am a good rollerblader. Okay. There's a waitress who uses $2,000 in tips to build a multi-billion million dollar hair company in just three years. That's right. Black with a Q, yeah. Black Hair Luxury founder, Sharice Williams built the company by providing products made from formulas that help stimulate healthy growth and restoration. She was working as a housekeeper and a waitress when she moved to the U.S. from Jamaica hmm. in 2016. After a bout with hair loss, she took matters into her own hands and made her first organic hair serum in her kitchen. Williams' mission is to not only formulate products that are non-toxic and naturally based, but also product, uh, products with, uh, that produce high-performance results that customers truly deserve. That is amazing, and maybe with that success, she'll be up to a billion in, in, in no time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy Black History Month. Happy Black We're History Month. Happy to month. serve it to you all month long. I'm Courtney Hicks. I'm the Cordelia Corte. Happy launch to the uh, Renaissance Tour. Stay lifted. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Bye. <laughs>